0: Hello, hello, hello. I am here with Lockie Brownlie. Yes, hello. How Thanks are you doing? Me. I'm
1: good, I'm good. I mean, as good as one can be in the current times, you know? Just trying to stay creative and keep kind of like going on as normal as much as possible.
0: Now, since you are a like famous dancer, and don't say you're not because you are. Um, What has it been like not being able to go into the dance studio?
1: Oh my God, it's crazy. And I actually didn't think that it had affected me until I um, taught a virtual, my first virtual dance class the other day.
0: I saw that, the Tasmanian dance class.
1: Yeah, well the first one I did was to Sydney. So it was then my old performing arts studio that I used to go to, Brent Street Studios. And then the second one was to Tasmania. And it wasn't until I was dancing around in the apartment and I was sweating and I was like feeling great that I was I was thinking to myself, like, shit, I really miss dance. I really miss I being able to like move and sweat and yeah. all of that. Like it hadn't hit me until I did my first little classes. Yeah.
0: Because it's your heart and soul, right? So it's always really weird. And and you have done an amazing job at your TikTok dances. Like those are adorable. <laughs>
1: It took me so long to get on the TikTok, but now I'm on and I'm like, it's kind of obsessed.
0: (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. I feel so old. Everyone makes fun of me. They're like, you're way too old to be on this. I'm like, I don't really give a shit because I am having so much fun. I'm dancing. The music is already on there. The choreography is already on there. It's stupid proof. And I absolutely like love it.
1: Totally. Totally. It's so fun. I mean, I definitely do feel like the old grandpa. And I remember I was first watching stuff. And I told my boyfriend, I was like, I kinda like, everyone's so young and everyone looks, like, gorgeous and they've got, like, this, like, clear skin. <laughs> and I'm, like, here with a beard and, you know.
0: But then you realize how much lighting these, like, 13-year-olds actually go I into. Know. And also, not just that... I mean- it's crazy, but I remember I was showing Sturgis someone, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is like one of the most popular people." I was like, "I think she's like around my age," and then I Googled, and she was fifteen, and I thought, "This is what fifteen-year-olds look like now." Like, what did I do? Oh, no, like, I know. I know like, I we were the Lord. same age. That's like, I, she could be my, just, my child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so she
1: cool be that my favorite. And I'm just like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, but that's what I feel so tough for. I mean, like my heart goes out to the dancers of the community because yes, if you're a singer, you can sing at home. If you're a guitarist or a pianist, like you can do all this stuff at home, but dancing, you need to, the space to express yourself and feel your best self and move and groove. And like, that doesn't exist, especially if you think of the people that live in New York city, that live in London, that live in cities where they're in tiny apartments. Like at least you can go outside and, you know, go in a backyard or, you know, go to a space that you can do that
1: totally it has been crazy I, mean, I feel like we've pushed like you know this all this online stuff that's happening now we have really pushed i think into the future like 5 years you know i think this was where we were going and mm-hmm. i think we've just been like obviously forced to jump into it much sooner and i just think that like we're now creating these different we're, we're being we're able to kind of dance in small little apartments because it's obviously all we have right and like people are just like coping with it you know like doing these small little dances in like a small little box but at least they're like stretching their arms and moving around you know
0: yep yep and they're doing the best they can to at least like get their stuff going and that's why it's so funny you see so many dancers that are on tiktok and i know that i keep bringing up this tiktok but it's really funny because all these dancers are like wait a second you're popular because you do this yeah yeah (laughs) honestly I'm like and it's at first they were really hard and I was like why are these so hard for me but it's because they are so stupid and they are so slow and there's like no movement to them and they're not really on the beat and it's just kind of like what happened
1: yeah what what happened But they're moving and they're like smiling and we're like connecting our bodies with like music. And it's great. I remember when I first, first, before I got on it to begin with, I was like, I can't, this is like, you know, it's not really a whole lot of choreography or for me, it's nothing that I would say hard. And I can't like, you know, sometimes it's hard for you to kind of jump onto something where you're not really doing your fullest potential. Right. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, but this is awesome. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's doing these moves. Like, You know, you've got people who don't dance, people that moms are doing it, grannies are doing it. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of awesome.
0: No, and they're having so much fun. And I think that that's what's really important right now. Now, are you keeping super busy? Because it seems like you're absolutely nonstop.
1: Yeah. I mean, to begin with the first, well, to be honest, the first couple of weeks was obviously like a shock and a reality, you know, we had like adapting to it. Um, and I think that I was very lazy and just kind of like, didn't really know what to do or how to react. And then I think once we started to actually realize this was going to be going on for a little bit longer than we expected, I was like, okay, I've got to force myself to continue to be creative. I had a few projects that I was working on before all this happened. I was like, I can't let this stop those Right. And then they've got to find ways to be able to continue them on, whether it be like an online thing or we just keep kind of like working at like writing stuff down,
0: mm. or, you know,
1: creating. So yeah, I feel like I am quite busy at the moment, which I'm loving.
0: Was it really hard at the beginning since you are such an active person and and not even just with dance, I'm just saying like active in general, where you're always out and about, you always have, you know, your friends around you, you're in your relationship, like you're secretly a homebody like me, but you do enjoy to yeah. feel the world around you. Did that kind of like fuck with your mind? Because it totally gave me a nervous breakdown.
1: yeah. To be honest, I, like you said, like I am such a homebody and I'm I'm a Pisces and I really love my own space and I love my own like routine and I'm a little OCD because I do just like love me and love my own space or like my own routine. So then when like that all happened and I was like, oh, we have to stay inside and sit and do nothing for a little bit. Oh, this is quite nice because I (laughs) felt like I could because I'm also very hard on myself and I, I make myself always do something and go out and da-da-da-da when we're not in COVID-19 mode. So for this to happen, I was like, oh, I'm gonna take advantage of this and I'm actually gonna like relax for a little bit. I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm not gonna be hard on myself and I'm not gonna make my, you know, like go into a spiral because I can't go to the gym and all that kind of stuff. So I did kind of like adapt to that way of living pretty well, but I got to obviously a stage where I was like, okay, now I'm just dirt crazy. I feel like I'm missing out on like, I don't know, things of life and I miss yeah. people and social interactions. And yeah, so I think I was late to react. I think I might've been like a couple of weeks after the fact that I was like,
0: Oh, well, you're really lucky. Life, you know? No, you're really lucky because I was just talking about it with two other people. And we were saying that the first week, we had created all these things. Okay. Let's say we're in here for a month. We were told it was going to be a month and we wrote down everything that we were going to accomplish. And then now we're like, Oh shit, we don't want to get out of quarantine because we didn't finish what we accomplished by any means. So then it makes you feel almost worse about yourself that you didn't take advantage of this time. And it's just like being hard on yourself over and over and over again. So I think what you did was one of the smartest things and people should know this of, you know, you have to go at your own speed and you're going to be motivated by yourself eventually. And it's going to happen. So you just got to like let it go and like let it be.
1: Yeah. And I definitely, I think reacted, you know, I, I was still very much like obviously on the socials, you know, and I was looking at everyone like creating these like, Fitness things and creating these, like everyone, like, sent that post out where it was like, I don't know, it was like a a quote from someone that was, you know, so and so didn't write, you know, the, 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 I don't know what it was, like, Shakespeare didn't write his first big play in the, during the plague or all those things. And I was like, it's so true. Like, I was starting to put pressure on myself because I was like, yes, I started to feel a little angsty, but then I was like, we've got, we've got time and I think it's, we've got enough time (laughs) because we're not going anywhere. super important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're originally from Tasmania, which is the cutest thing in the entire world. Um, I It's, like, not a real place. Like, I want to know.
1: Tasmanian, <laughs> well, like, <far> away.
0: <laughs> like I feel like that's where the Tasmanian devil lives, which is true, right? Because that's a real animal, but I like to pretend that it's, like, a fictional world that you live in. But now, you were in Australia for quite a long time before this, or was this, like, last year? Because all the time sounds like comes together yeah. for me
1: <laughs> so I was just back in um Tassie uh, literally just like before this all happened I took my boyfriend actually down um and I was lucky enough to be there for Mardi Gras which was amazing
0: fun um, what a good way yeah, to go totally. out with a bang
1: <laughs> yeah totally I danced with Sam Smith at Mardi Gras and like had a good little frolic around Sydney and then came back to celebrated my birthday back here and then came right. this, this all happens so, like yeah
0: And what do you, like, have you spoken, well, obviously you've spoken to family back there, but what was the vibe like or what do you think the vibe's like there? Because I know there's, you know, one of my best friends lives in London and, you know, they were a little bit behind us. And they were like, oh, no, gyms are still open. I'm like, what do you mean a gym is so fucking open? Like, this is so <laughs> dangerous, you know? And 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 I have people, like, from all over the world, but I haven't talked to anyone who's from Australia or who has family there. So I'm, like, <laughs> dying to know, like, what is it going on? Like, are yeah. things backwards?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they obviously were a little later to, to, like, to obviously to put everything into effect. But once it hit Tassie especially, that's when I was like, oh, shit, this is worldwide this is affecting everyone because i feel like tasmania especially doesn't always get like i don't know like tassie doesn't always get affected by things or if there's something that's happened over here maybe australia and then tasmania like are always left off a little bit because we are so separated from the world so when this was affected, when they were affected by it and they put into, like, like, started to close down the borders and they started to, like, stop cruise ships coming in and all that kind of stuff, I was shit. like, oh, shit, this is real, you know? Right. And, yeah, it was like when I was telling my parents, I was like, you know, there's no grocery and there's no more groceries on the shelves. Like, everything's, like, crazy. And they were like, oh, wow. Like, they hadn't got to that point yet. But, but now they the are. Big, but now they're the like, trying to find toilet paper, too. And I was like, really? affected everyone. It's affected everyone. <laughs>
0: Well, I want to backtrack on something for a second that has nothing to do with COVID, but I was laughing about it because um, my latest guest who was on the show, a girl named Jen, she hosts a podcast called We Need to Talk About Britney, and it's about Britney Spears. (laughs) And it's amazing. And she always has a like, you have to be a guest on her show because I told her about you. And each episode, she has um, a different guest on. And they pick a song and then they like dissect the song and like what it was about and like what was going on at that time in her life and like what your connection is to Britney. Right. But Brittany and I were, I always bonded and I was like, Oh my God, Britney understands me. She's the same person as me. Right. But we were talking about how she was so excited. She had booked tickets to go see her second tour in Vegas or her second show, excuse me, in Vegas. And I told her, I was like, One of my dear friends was one of her dancers that was supposed to be doing this. And literally it got shut down and like, no one ever spoke about it again.
1: Yeah.
0: Literally. And I'm like, no one acknowledged that this happened. Like no one acknowledged that there was a whole show going on. It was like, Britney's dad is sick and like end of story, but like super exclusive. Do we have anything Like, is there a funny story that we can talk about that was, like, amazing and magical about Britney? Because she is literally my favorite person of all time, and she can do no wrong to me. Like, is there a little snippet that, like, we can share with the world?
1: I think so. There's something that would happen really, happened, like, in the last, like, maybe week or... Yeah, I think it might've been the last week before we went on break for Christmas. And then obviously coming back from Christmas, we that's when, the, that's when everything hit the fan and we found out that the show was canceled. So this probably was like our last week with Britney in rehearsals. Um, and she came in and she had a production meeting and I don't think the production meeting went very well. And so I think she kind of like stormed out of that production meeting and she was crying in front of us, um, which was, you know, sad to see because we kind of like saw her vulnerability. We saw her kind of like, you know, upset so that was kind of like right. sad to see but I think it was the next day she came back in and she felt so bad that she um brought cupcakes for us all no no cupcakes for us all and like mind you we're not really allowed in rehearsal we weren't really allowed to have like a lot of like candy or sugar drinks or like coffees or just like, we had, had to be very clean just the rules that are put in place when you are in a rehearsal space with Brittany. So she brought- Behind
0: the scenes gossip.
1: (laughs) So she brought in some cupcakes. We were like, oh, this is amazing. She brought some cupcakes and the cupcakes were obviously, she felt bad for like crying the other day. And she just wanted to kind of like, you know, bring a little like sorry gift. And we were like, oh, how sweet. Mind you, we're rehearsing, we're rehearsing all day. You know, like we don't really go to the like we didn't really go to the snack table and have these cupcakes. So it wasn't until the end of the day that we finally went and had these cupcakes. Well, during the whole rehearsal period that Britney was in the room for, she had gone through the cupcakes and like licked off the icing. No. And then put them back.
0: Why? And so there
1: was like seven cupcakes that had their tops licked off and then had been placed back. Oh my
0: god, that is so gross.
1: And so we, like, got to the end of the, like, and we were all going to go and have these cupcakes. And I think some of us had, like, snooped over and, like, looked and, like, seen that she, like, licked off the top of these cupcakes. We'd already kind of knew and we were laughing a little bit. And then we get to, we get our cupcakes. I think some people might have had to have a cupcake that she may have licked because, like, there wasn't enough. And we gave her a cupcake. She's like, "Oh, she's like, can I? Oh, I don't know if I can." And she's like, "Oh, I haven't even had one yet. Like, I don't know if I can have one yet." We were like, "Shut up!" I've had like seven tops.
0: (laughs) Oh my! Well, she's she's obviously the top in the relationship, but that's a different story. The same time
1: she said she'd never kissed a girl either. She was like, "Oh, I don't know if I, I don't know about like a little lesbian moment." I don't know how the conversation started, but she started talking about like a lesbian moment or you know my, maybe the, i think one of the girls was like oh we should have like a girl on girl moment or something and she's like oh i've never even done that i've never kissed a girl before and we were all just like um you made up with Madonna on stage in front of absolutely the whole world like do
0: you think that she has like no cuz so this is what Jen and I were talking about on the show and i was like very controversial on the show like people were very upset with with my reactions to it because for me i was like she 100% needs to be on medication like she a hundred percent needs to be controlled by those parents because it is not control. Like if I wasn't strong and I didn't believe that medication had changed me, like you best believe my mom would grab me by my fucking neck and say, you are getting on this medication. Like there are, so, so when people, and when I came on the show, it was right when, Everyone was pro- like, right after I guess it was the show was canceled and everyone was protesting and they were like, "Oh, Britney needs to be away from her family, yeah. like all this stuff." And I came on the show real tough and I was like, "Bullshit! I think this guy is a son of a bitch that she's with," yeah. and like that was my thing to it. And and it had just come out that she went on a drive with him to In and Out Burger, which doesn't sound like a big deal to the real world, but side note, like she legally could not do that. She could legally not drive a car. That was something that she was not allowed to do. So for me, I'm like, what kind of fucking asshole man lets her, even if she's Britney Spears, I don't care who she is. If she's not legally allowed to do this and it could jeopardize her having her children, why would you allow this situation to happen? And it's like, I, I don't know him. I and and as we like found out on the show, like maybe I was projecting my own problems onto the situation, but I just didn't think it was I didn't think it was right that people were pushing for her to get this separation from her family and and a lot of people hated it, but I was like, look, I'm bipolar, and if anyone's going to say anything, like, I may not know her, but I understand the thought process of where your brain goes to a completely different world and a different situation, like, a different universe where you can't even, you can't even function without your right. medication. Right. Um and so, like we were talking about you, how insane it was that you moved your entire life to Vegas. You guys had rehearsed what for, like six weeks or something. We
1: rehearsed for six weeks, but it was here in LA. Luckily, we rehearsed oh, okay. here. Okay, we had to move there. But, but, still, but heard, mentally, we
0: were- you were gonna move. Years, like mentally, that contract,
1: was it. Like three year contract, completely set. Dancing with one of my biggest idols, and like I was happy. You know, I was like, and it like stopped. Is-
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I say, like going back to the whole like Madonna kiss and her not remembering that it's almost like because she was on medication or she wasn't on medication, whatever it was at that time. Like, I don't know. There's a part where I don't remember 15 to 22. And that's when I was having my most manic episodes and I wasn't on medication. So to be fair, like I will say for her, she may not have had any idea that that happened. It seems quite unlikely since it's one of the most famous things that's ever happened in the music industry and performance wise but who am I to say anything but but it's just like it's so crazy to me how you were a part of something that's like this she's like an untouchable piece of magic that like we all grew up with because you and I are around the same age and that was our Madonna that was our superstar I'm here yeah yeah. And so for you to have experienced even the few weeks that you did dance with her, it's like, yes, like let's talk about you've danced with Katy Perry. You've danced with every fucking celebrity. My favorite being Erica Jane of the Real Housewives, or excuse me, Erica Girardi of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like that was a moment you knew her pre, like, blow up, you know, before she became famous. Yeah. But you have been around so many different. Idols just casually, just yeah. casually, <laughs> and what I also feel, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know because I am friends with so many dancers, and because I was a dancer, that's like my true passion and connection to the world, and it's really what makes me happy. Is I feel like all these performers really are secretly the same as the dancers, we all think alike. Yeah. we all express our, ourselves the same ways. There are secret introverts, but the only time that they're really themselves is like when they're doing like death drops, when you guys are doing your little death drops and having fun and the gays are shaking their asses and like Mariah Carey finally lights up. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's <laughs> it's this weird like childlike connection. And for you to be part of that, I, I guarantee you with the fact that you have helped so many of these superstars become bigger and better than what they really are on stage because without the support of the creativeness behind them, how can you get that energy going? How can you feel that like, yeah, that, that like spark. I mean, I'm sorry, but J-Lo wouldn't be J-Lo without her dancers if she didn't have a huge production. Because yeah. Girl Can Shake Her Ass, and that was the best Super Bowl performance I've seen. But you have to watch it. every single other dancer that's on that stage that made her shine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I also feel like as dancers, we also have this responsibility to lift up and 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 help create like a really like comfortable environment so that the star can shine you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because yes they hear and probably see like thousands of people screaming the name or like you know yelling at them but they're not as as affected by that as they are by like the people that are around them on the stage you know if they don't feel comfortable on the stage and they're not they're not being pushed by like their backup dancers or mm-hmm. they don't feel that they don't have that eye connection at like one point in the song, or whatever if they don't have that. Then they don't, They feel like they're on there alone. They're on the stage alone. Right. A lot of these artists are a little bit like, yeah, introverted. introverted. They, need, they need that. Like they need us on the stage to be like, let's go girl. This is yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And lift them up, you know, because they, yeah, if like yeah without us maybe that they really aren't those people
0: it would they wouldn't shine as brightly yeah. as they yeah. do you know
1: then feel like they are the apps like they're the, the bees knees you know what I mean even though mm-hmm. they've got hundreds of thousand people out there doing the same thing but then but not- they
0: don't feel it themselves yeah. they need that yeah. hype they need yeah. that energy and that love and also what you do is you get the audience super excited. And yeah. and just feeling it and they're raging and they're having a good time. And I remember when I went to go see um Paul and Jerry, their performance over that they created for Christine Aguilera um in Las Vegas, like seeing my friends who were the dancers in that, especially Jerry's sister Monique, Monique Slaughter, shout out. Um, no. she was so fantastic because amongst the other dancers, but I'm gonna specifically say her. Is that she would go to every audience member and connect with them and make that eye contact and be sexy and be sassy. And then if she felt like they weren't paying attention, she would turn around. Christina is her best friend in real life. So I think that this helps. But yeah. she would turn around and she'd smack Christina on the ass. And everyone would be like, Oh my God, it's so amazing. Oh my God, it's so amazing. But if Mo didn't do that, if she didn't engage that audience and get them hyped up, or yeah. in between when they're doing the costume changes and the dancers are putting on their own performance performances like yeah. i'm telling you you can have a voice of all voices even like celine dion but that vega show wouldn't be that vega show without those dancers
1: right yeah totally 100 and those like og like performer too you know she like, like the on game. every stage every you know have been around the world multiple times It just like yeah it's what you yeah, look at the inspiration. Oh,
0: well, I love that. And you right now are working on a new show, and you had started to tell me about it, but I need the audience to hear this because this sounds yeah. fantastic.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm with, uh, with a writing partner at the moment. We're just kind of tossing around different ideas, and one of them is to to try and dive deeper into um, trying to find some stories that have used dance and music to help someone kind of overcome something, whether it be like, uh, you know, about childhood or, uh, disability or you know and and using dance and music to you know get them to escape some kind of real their reality Um, and then in turn like turning around and helping the community who you know others that have obviously gone through the same thing so just trying to you know we're trying to I'm trying to find other stories like mine because I know dance and music is like something that I used to escape to when I was being bullied or when I didn't like going to school or I, you know, had all those different issues, you know, being in Tasmania, probably being the one of boys dancing at that time, like music and dance for me was a way to like escape. And, you know, now I give back to the my dancers. I, you know, I teach around the world and I've created a dance convention for Tasmania where I want to give back to the Tassie dancers and give them opportunities like I've had. And, and so that's my way of giving back in a, you know, in, on, in my, on my own story, but I want to hear and find other, you know, stories. How
0: old were you when you started dancing?
1: I mean, I came out of the womb dancing really. Well, like, obviously. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. But um, I was super young. My sisters danced. I, um, I think I was like, before, when I had my first like dance class, but or did my first solo lesson. But um before that I would be like at my sister's like solo classes and I'd be dancing up around the back and just always jumping up and down. Doing your fouettes
0: at five years old. Totally,
1: totally, totally. But I was always jumping to music and I was always in time. And I'd always start I we used to do Highland dancing as a family because we are Scottish. So we used to do Highland no! yeah so my sister then obviously highland dancing they have these like these hands that are up here and they jump on one foot and so i'd always place be place jumping that. on one foot with this hand in the air like this and we had scottish music playing around the house so like i always had this timing i always knew how to count and i think right. we had uh, uh our next door neighbor was a dance teacher she said to my mum, she was like you have to put him in some kind of classes like this is he a
0: normal
1: <laughs> at like three or two or whatever, to like be jumping around and be in time with music and like right. stop when the music stopped and to start again when the music started, yeah. like, you Kids know. don't
0: naturally have rhythm. I mean, kids don't, you can't be taught rhythm. You either naturally have it or you don't.
1: Or you just don't, you get over it too. Like I think yeah. I was always wanting to do it. You know, I, there was never a moment that I didn't want to like jump around or hear music or like, you know, whereas I think kids, especially- Were you
0: a competition they- dancer?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won my first solo when I was
0: four. Ooh, well, do you know that I was a national jazz and tap champion for New York City Dance Alliance? Oh,
1: God! Get it! Oh, that's amazing.
0: There was nothing better than competition dancing. Oh, I know. Don't you feel like it taught you so much? Like, I know people are like, oh, my God, dance moms are the worst. I'm like, that show really ruined, um, like, dance for yeah. me, at least. Like, I'm obsessed with Maddie, and I think she's incredible, but yeah. just, like, the behavior, like, our moms and all the moms part of my my dance team were never like that, so I can't really relate to that, but I can't relate to stage moms either, really, but right. anyways, that's, that's different. But I think that it taught me so much, and it gave me structure. Dance gave me discipline. It gave me respect. It um, taught me just you know, I I was always on time because I never wanted And not even just in dance, like just in general, because I never wanted to be late. I always was such a perfectionist. I wanted to be present. And it was the one thing I wanted to be present for. And I think that it certainly helped out. I wouldn't be an actor the way that I am right now, if it weren't for me being A, you have to be like a natural performer, which I feel like I was just like you. I came out of the womb singing and dancing. But I think that being on a stage at four years old, right, and dancing in front of hundreds and if not more people, but I think that being on a stage and performing and being in front of all of these people, you either have to grow up real fast and get that confidence or it's not for you. And I think that that's what made me the person that can handle rejection as much as I can in this business with auditions, because I had learned that from such a young age, like I might not get a perfect score, but guess what? I have next week's competition to train for.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think dance, like you learn so much. It's such a Sport because it is a sport, it's such a sport yep. where you learn and you, you know, you take away things that are gonna, you know, be with you for the rest of your life, whether it be, yeah, all those things you said and like friendship groups. And you know, like I'm pretty sure everyone who went to dance still has a, a dance buddy that they probably still talk to. And
0: 150%,
1: like, and you become and you find your, you, yes, you either like find more confidence in yourself and you know, all those different things that not a lot of people especially who maybe just play like regular sports, like not a lot of people can find or can be taught or learn or, you know, it's a, it's definitely a sport that, has such a yeah such a like
0: and also you learn the best muscle memory like for me for sitcoms for instance you know when you do a live show they can change if the laugh doesn't go once they change four lines on you and you don't even have time to say it out loud one time you're just expected to know it and I never would be good at lines if I didn't if I wasn't a dancer and had to learn choreography after watching it two times. And honestly, I have to tell you the reason why I'm not only obsessed with you as a human being and as a dancer, but like when you do your little lives or like I copied you in, in one of the Britney Spears dances, like whatever it may, like all the ones that you do, It helps me so much, and Stir just notices it because I can watch you. I go over the choreography twice. I do it. If I don't like the way I do it, I keep doing it over and over and over till I finally have it. But just you teaching that, you know, two minute video or whatever it is gets my mind creatively going, it gets me pumped for the day. And it creates those skills of memorization of that muscle memory that you can't get Uh, in other places. uh, So I really think that even if you aren't a professional dancer, even if you aren't a great dancer, I think that it's so important to have some sort of connection to a dancer through social media just to watch their dancing, just to, to follow along. Uh, And I think the other thing that, that is so wonderful about dancing the perfect example is like Ryan Heffington, right? Who is a very famous choreographer and dancer. And since being in quarantine, he has been teaching dance classes and there are, not hard by any means right. they are exercise they are like the richard simmons you know right. sun su- sweating to the sundays or sweating the oldies whatever it was yeah. you know yeah. but it is every time i do it i feel so much better at the end of it sturgis is not a dancer he's Not great dancer. (laughs) He's in the other room. He's definitely not going to listen to this. But he, you know, he's not a dancer. And when he saw me do it, he's like, oh, this is kind of fun. I feel like I could do this because he's a singer. He's a performer. So he is used to using his body in that way. And I can't get him to stop doing it. Like my (laughs) knees hurt so much from dancing and from TikToking. I can't even tell you I had to order knee braces. I'm like, I've never felt so old in my life. And on Saturday I was in so much pain and I, I like go to the kitchen and he's dancing. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, it's Ryan's class. I'm like, what?
1: That's but, but,
0: but that's the power of dance. That's yeah. the power of movement. It doesn't matter if you're good or not. You have to dance to live. And I yeah. think that what you are doing is changing so many lives and it's inspiring people in creative ways. And I cannot thank you enough. And I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone on Emotional Support Locky. Yeah. What makes you get up in the morning and continue on with your life?
1: <sighs> um I'll definitely have to say I think my um my dreams and my like goals are a huge a huge part of my life and I was just having a um, chatting with a a group of kids who are aspiring to come over to America and kind of live this dream. It's a mentor uh, program, mentorship program my uh, girlfriend's doing and I was chatting with them about my whole life, my whole journey and like everything from the beginning to the end and it was so nice to talk about it because not a lot of times we get to talk about our story with people who are actually wanting to listen you know a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's like and now I just say a little bit and then people kind of like switch off. So it was really amazing to like to tell my story and I was, I was telling my story, and I was talking about my dreams and my goals and I was like this is, this is literally the reason why I wake up every day is because i i, I don't know i 'm so hungry i 'm so hungry for the things that I have like put in front of me as like a place where I want to be and like mm-hmm. I don't know, I like when I was younger, I knew I wanted to be a backup dancer. I knew I wanted to be like on either on Broadway or like in a music video, like I just knew it. I could see it, I could visualize it. I knew that it was this goal. I used to wake up going, is that what I was thinking about when I was sleeping dance? Like, you know, I, I, I was always telling myself like, that's where you gotta go. And I think when I had a little bit of a downtime with you know, my career and I kind of was a little lost, I was a little burnt out and I was a little bit of like, who am I? I remember thinking and talking to myself of being like, I respond really well when I have something that I'm trying to, to, to reach, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think at that time when I was burnt out, I didn't have a goal. I didn't have anything that I was reaching because I was lucky enough to have uh, succeeded and kind of like ticked off all my goals really young. So then I had to kind of like create and think of, where else I was going to go, what else I can kind of strive for. And now I have these goals that I'm like super excited about that I can see, I can visualize. And that's what I, you know, I get really excited every day when I wake up and I'm like, okay, so how, how are we going to do this? Where do I have to do today to get to a different place? So I don't know. I, I definitely think my, like my goals and my, my kind of like dreams and those things that are out there for me to reach is what keeps me going. And, and I love that. It's not, it doesn't feel like, Hard work to me, you know?
0: What's so funny to me is I'm going to let uh, leave it on this, is every single thing that you just said that you wanted to accomplish, which, mind you, you were in Wicked on Broadway, so you did that, but every single dream that you had, you have already succeeded at. So even if there was nothing else, like, holy shit, <laughs> like this is <laughs> unbelievable what you've done, that it just proves that if you want to reach that goal, you're going to fucking do it. Yeah. And just to keep going and do what makes you happy. Obviously, we have to do things that pay the bills. Um, and if you're blessed to be able to do that with the work that you love and the passion you love, great. But if not, find that 10 minutes, find that hour a day, whatever the time can possibly be to just let it out yeah. And to let that creativity out, I think is going to change um, so many lives. So I thank you so much, Lockie, for coming on emotional <laughs> support. I'm so happy we could finally do this. I'm oh. so sorry that we have to do it out of my closet, um, <laughs> but,
1: it seems but yeah, lot, I put this amazing online is like.
0: Listen, I put you back in the closet, Lockheed. It's not my fault. <laughs>
1: That's right, I'll bodge my way out.
0: <laughs> I love you so much and thank you for coming on Emotional Support.
1: Thanks for having me. Bye. Emotional <laughs> support.